starting in the Navi Shmuel Perak Tanit, and this is when the prophecy which Shmuel had been given uh, comes to be. It begin the story unfolds. So the Pasuk tells us, "Vahid Dvar Shmuel Lekol Yisrael." Now the fulfillment of what Shmuel had prophesied happened to Kol Yisrael. We saw at the time that Shmuel wasn't told the details of what was going to happen. Shmuel was just told in general terms that there's going to be a something terrible in Israel that will scare every Hezit. And now we understand, we understand the reason for that is because obviously had Shmuel specified what it was going to be, then no, it wouldn't have happened. Had Israel known what the nature of the tragedy was going to be, which we went to see, that Dara Fesh gets captured, so they would have never taken Dara Fesh to battle. And therefore, uh, the way to Kiru, for Hashem to say that it, to predict what's going to happen, without preventing it happening by saying that, was not to, not to describe exactly what the nature of the tragedy was going to be. So what happened? By Yisrael, the the Jewish people go out to fight against the Christian. And it's interesting, because normally the expression in the Nach is that the Pishtim came to attack the Jewish people, so they came to Muhammad, and the Jewish people had to defend themselves. Which sometimes they did, and sometimes they were too afraid, and they ran away. Mahashankin um, over here, the Mashmos, is that Kaishwar marched out to battle first. And they, they went to, so to speak, to confront the Pishtim. And uh, the Pishtim, the Pishtim Khan of Afik, Afik is a place, the Pishtim were you know, the, the ones who were who came to defend themselves. And we're going to see, this is an important deal, because we're going to see that there's a certain pattern in the whole story, as events unfold, we'll see it more and more. Now, so what happened? The Yaakov Tishim, the Christ Israel, the Tishim, so to speak, began the battle against Israel. The battle spread. By Yenagif Yisrael defeated Pishtim, and Kai Yisrael were overcome, defeated by the Pishtim. By Yaakov Amarachat Basadaka Bas Alafimish, and the Pishtim killed on the first encounter about four thousand of the Jewish soldiers, which was a big blow for the Jewish people. And therefore, by Yavah Ha'am Lamachemet, at the end of the first day of battle, so the Jews regroup. They come back to the Machemet to their camp. By Yom Rizikni Yisrael, and the Zikni Yisrael obviously weren't the soldiers, but let's say the advisors, the people that they asked for advice, so they said, What did we do that Hashem should punish us and we should, uh, so to speak, lose so many people to the Pishtim? And what's the... Now, if they asked the question, what did we do wrong that we should deserve to be punished? So, like the Mboshi point out, uh, they said this, that they obviously didn't realize that they had done something wrong. Because if the question is, why, why, why don't we deserve to be punished? And that would require introspection to think, what have we done wrong? That then they perhaps they would fix what they did wrong. But that wasn't the way that they thought. They didn't think that they had done anything wrong. And therefore they thought, okay, we just need more more schism, so to speak. And therefore what did they decide? They said, So let's bring from the Shira from the Basin, from the Mishkan, the Aaron Kodesh, if the Aaron Kodesh comes with us, so then it will save us from our enemies. Why would the fact that the Aaron Kodesh, which comes with them, save them from the enemies? So really there was a precedent for this. 
we know in the Midbar, Vahib in Sayyah Aroin, Vayemi Moshe, Kuma Hashem, Vayafut Sayyvecha, Vayanusim Mipanecha, Mipanecha, that when the Aron traveled, so that's when Moshe said, Hashem, let your enemies scatter, which means the power of the Aron HaKadosh was such that it instilled fear in, in the enemies of Tal Israel, and therefore Vayanusim Mipanecha, Mipanecha, your enemies will turn and t- tail and flee. And therefore, that is the Kayah that the Aron HaKadosh had. That it could instill fear in, in, into anyone that attacks Ta'a Israel or even attempts to attack Ta'a Israel. <coughs> so, therefore, the idea to bring the Aaron Akkadesh would be the way to, so to speak, scale the Pishtim. Um, it's already pointed out in the Sifra Kabbalah that Aaron is the same letters as the word Naira. They say Naira the king of the that the fear, that's the awe that's uh, brought in people who witnessed the Aaron Akkadesh, who saw the base of Mikdash. So that kind of part of the Qayyach of the Aaron was uh, that fear. And why is it of course fear? We mentioned a few times. And that is, when the person feels he is confronted by something which is vastly stronger than he is. And he doesn't feel that he's able to defend himself, so to speak. He gets afraid. It doesn't make a difference to the force of nature. A person sees a torrential, uh, so to speak, a tsunami, or a hurricane, or any force of nature which is stronger than the person is. Or even an animal. The person comes front to face to face with a lion or an elephant, whatever it's going to be, which he feels is much stronger than him, or even another person. But when a person is confronted with the feeling of, this is stronger than me, I can't protect myself. So then that instills fear. And therefore, for sure, even if someone wouldn't be a Navi, but this, to sense the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that was the manifestation of the Shekhinah, was something which caused fear. Because it was the awareness of the presence of an existence of something which is much more stronger than a person. He said it lots of times. That's what he talks about. Hashem took a side of Mitzrayim, the Moira Gadol. With great fear, you know, the God explains that the Moira Gadol is a good Yishchina. Because whenever the Yishchina reveals itself, it causes fear. Because uh, it's, uh, it's the awareness of something which is much, much greater, much, much more powerful, much more vast than a person could possibly be. And therefore, if the Shechina was would was reside on the Arun Kodesh, so then the experience of confronting the Arun Kodesh would cause that fear too. Do I do that? I do do that. So we're going to talk about that. That's a good question. So when Moshe Rabbeinu, when Arun used to travel, by Yitzayah Arun, so that was the fact that Arun had. And that's why Hashem, Moshe used to travel. And that's Hashem, while Arun is traveling, it should have this effect of causing all your enemies to scatter. It should have this power of that the Arun Kodesh has. Now, when is this mother to do and when is this not mother to do? In other words, when is this mother to take the Aron HaKodesh, so to speak, as a way to be victorious in battle, and when not? So, there's a big discussion here about this in the post-game, which really revolve around two different questions. The first important question to ask is, was there one Aron Kodesh or were there two Aron Kodesh? In other words, was there, in the Midbar, was there only one Aron Kodesh, which stayed in the Mishkan, and then when it says, Ben Aron, that that was the Aron which traveled? Or was there a second Aaron? And the Ramban learns there was two Aarons. He learns in the Pasuk, that the Aaron used to travel ahead of the Jewish camp three days. Well, if you look in the Psukim of how the order of how the Jewish people traveled, it says that the first Machne had traveled, and then after the second Machne, the Machne of, of Reuven traveled, and then the, the Bnei Kahas came, and they dissembled the Mishkan, and they used to travel with the Klei Mishkan. And then afterwards, the next Machan, so then it's Mashmah that the Aaron HaKadosh traveled with the other Kliya Mishkan when the Mishkan was assembled during the during the the, tra- the the time when the other tribes were already traveling. So what does it mean that the Aaron Bresh Hashem Nasea Lipnei Derech Shlash Yamin? 
so the Ramban says that there was two Orans. There was one Oran whose job was to go ahead of the Jewish camp, and that was the Oran which Moshe was talking about, that would instill fear and to clear the path for the Jewish people. And then there was the Oran, which was the repository of the Luchas and the Torah, which stayed in the Mishkan and traveled with the Mishkan. Where do they keep it? That's a good question. He doesn't address that question. Yes, as I said, then it was an iron with Krovim, what was in that iron, what was the nature of it. But the reason he says it existed, and then Ramban says it's because when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Harsinai, so where was he going to put the Luchas? Because it was only later that Hashem gave an instruction to build the Mishkan. And now they started gathering materials and it took him time to build the Mishkan. But he has the Luchas already, where the Luchas going to go? So in the past, like I said, the Sayyidah Chironites, that there was a separate iron which originally Moshe made to hold the Luchas until Kiru the Aron Kodesh. In, in, as the clear of one of the Kedah in the best marriage was ready. And so we find a number of times in the Torah that Ramban refers to the fact that there was another Oran. Now the Mesa, the other person can say it too. It's not just the, the Ramban. And there's a question, was there one Oran or the two Orans? And if that's the case, obviously over here, we're talking about there's only one Oran. The, and then, so according to the Mepharshim that say that the Oran which used to go ahead of the Jewish camp in order, so to speak, to clear away the enemies or to prepare the journey for them, wasn't the iron which was in the, always in the Mishkan. So then that iron wasn't allowed to use for anything else. You can't take the iron HaKadosh, which was meant to be the Kodesh HaKadosh, and out of the Kodesh HaKadosh for any other purpose, and therefore it would be awesome to do that. And so they, they did something wrong by taking out the iron HaKadosh, which is why they, as you're going to see, they deserved the punishment that they got at the last iron HaKadosh. Is some, where long history stopped the second one? Where, where, where is it? it was only in the Midbar. What happened to Adana? It's just like Adana, it was stored in the Midbar. It could be that here they already had that art. That's the case. If we're talking about a case where that the bringing the Arna Kodesh they felt would help them win the war. So now we have to ask the question. And that is, what would be what would be wrong with bringing the Arna Kodesh and saving lives? And it's a general question. In other words, are there certain things which even beget the Pekach Nefesh we can't do? Even the Pekach Nefesh we can't do. Well, there are five now, things, you know, for sure. Well, there's certain there's which we say a person is hard by Yavah. But, uh, this, but the Gemara really says, I'll give you an example. The Gemara says in Baba Basha that Pidjan Shmum is Pekach Nefesh. We told them, especially in the lawless society, when a captive was completely at the mercy of his captors, they could do whatever they wanted to him. They could kill him, they could torture him, they could starve him, they could do whatever they wanted to do to him. And we know that the Jewish captive, in the hands of cruel uh, cruel Romans, whatever it was at the time they were talking about, so then we were allowed to do anything for Pekor Nefesh. And therefore the Gemara says in Baba Basra that even if a person would have raised money for some other purpose, for building a shul, Okay, so it's too bad. You're only building the show, but now they're Jewish captives. So you have to use that money to save the captives. So ask the Gemara, that's okay. Let's say we already built the show. We have the building. So now should we go sell the show so we can raise money to save the captives? Says the Gemara, no, that we don't have to do. But right, it's the same for Kof Nefesh. It's the same captive and it's the same chance that who knows what's going to happen to him. So what's the difference if we spend the money we've raised for some other purpose or we sell the building we've already built? And the Gemara says, basically, you don't have to sell the house. Which means we, it's the same for Nefesh, and the possibility of being able to raise money to save the person's life is the same uh, urgency because maybe he'll get killed. But the person's not to sell an existing building to the Nefesh. So we see uh, here already a concept that there's a, 
is that even with the importance of the Koch Nefesh, there's, there's a certain amount that we don't, we don't have to do for the Koch Nefesh. Uh, I'll give you another example. It, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing. Let's say we, have a, in, we know that there's, in every country, there's a certain amount of money uh, allocated for medical research. No, there are diseases which they're trying to find cures for or ways to treat, and a lot of times it's the Koch Nefesh. Because people have diseases which are incurable, they're going to die. If they would be able to find some kind of cure, some kind of medication, some kind of treatment, some kind of therapy, they might save people's lives. Now, if that's the case, so if, if you're in charge of financing a country, so do you give unlimited resources to medical research because it could be saving people's lives? And it's true, maybe that there should be a budget for, you know, for cutting the lawn, mowing the lawn in the parks and planting... Uh, planting flowers in public places, but in the scale of things, what's more important? Saving lives or planting flowers? So that's the case. Should a country dedicate all its resources to saving lives and uh, let everything else, uh, the rest of the infrastructure, everything of the country fall by the wayside because what's more important than saving lives? And here also the post can say no. They're, they're chivalrous about exactly this kind of question. No, a person isn't mukhiyav, so to speak, to to sell everything or to give up everything else in order to to to, to have more funds to funnel into the Koch Nefesh. Which means, it's hard to say what exactly the gather is, but there, you see that there are cases where not everything is more because of the Koch Nefesh. Well, not everything is because of the Koch Nefesh. And that's the case. You can say it's saving the Koch Nefesh. It was considered uh, to take the Koch Nefesh to battle. Is not, it's, it's a lack of covet for the Koch It's not the right thing to do. So that's the case. The, the fact that it's a Koch Nefesh either doesn't necessarily matter. It wasn't uh, just like, for example, we would all agree. If let's say we need money to buy ammunition, so let's sell our kodesh. It's all gold, but you can make a fortune of that. Sell it to the Chinese, you'll get billions, right? And that can help fund our next war. Everyone's gonna agree. Iron kodesh, are you crazy? No, you have to iron kodesh. Why not? It's saving lives. Because not, not in saving lives, as harsh as it is, there's a limit to how much we're going to do for that. And there were 4,000 people that got killed, and that's only one, two years. 100%. And so we'd sell our for 4,000 people? It's auctioned it off. We'll make money, we can buy soldiers, we can buy, we can buy weapons. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. There's a certain cover that covers the Shekhinah, because they're encouraged that more than the best measure altogether. So taking it out is, is going beyond oh, that. Right. So that's what we understand. that taking it's not an option. It's not an option. We don't touch our own Kodesh. Not to, just like we're not going to sell it, we're not going to take it out the Kodesh Kodashim. So even on the Cheshpun, that maybe this will save lives, this will help us win a war, but it's not something we're meant to be doing. Taking it out is not as serious as selling it. It's not as serious, but it's in the same category. It back. Yeah, but it's not meant to be done. We cover our own Kodesh, we leave it alone. It does call them Skenium. They were Skenium, and the person they had was the Mizbar. Because then the Iron Kodesh was used to go to battle. And the mistake was either it was that not this Iron Kodesh or not now. Once Iron Kodesh is meant to be in some place, we don't take it out. Okay. Okay, so that was a mistake, that was what they wanted to do. Okay, the people listen. Vayishach Ha'am Shila. Vayishach Ha'am Iron Bris Hashem Tzfagas, Yashav Akrovim. They took from there the Iron of Hashem, it was called Yashav Akrovim. Vayishach Ha'am Shneib in the Eri, Im Iron Bris Hashem Tzfagas. As we know, that not everybody can carry the Iron Kodesh, and therefore, they were, when the people sent, we went to the Iron Kodesh, so Achafim and Pinchas, the two Kainim, were the ones who brought the Iron Kodesh to the battlefield. 
why it's called Aaron Hashem Tzvakas Yeshiva Kravim. We saw Aaron Tzvakas Medayik. It means he holds like the Rabbanit. There were two Aaron, and therefore this is the Aaron with the Kravim, which is the Aaron they weren't meant to be taken with. Okay. So, that's a good question. Where, where was Shmuel? Where was Aidy? Why, why did they keep silent? Um, we even see here that there's another point. And that is, uh, the, the choice of the language is very strange. And the two sons of Ali were there with the Aaron. It's just, the women just didn't happen to be with Aaron. They were the ones that carried the Aaron. Why, does it, why doesn't it say it simply? That they sent, that the people sent to Shira, and the sons of Ali, Chafim Pinchas, brought the Aaron to Kodesh. It's like it says, by the way, and there with the Aaron, with the two sons of Ali, they happened to be there with it. They brought it. So what was the, well, why is it saying it like that? And the Mashmaras is because they would have matched that it was their decision to bring it. If the Pasuk would have said that Chafti and Pinchas brought the Aaron, there was their decision. It wasn't their decision. It was the decision of the people. The people went to fetch the Aaron, like the Pasuk says at the beginning. And Chafti uh, and Pinchas just went along with what the people wanted. So they, they, they happened to be there with the Aaron. But it wasn't that they decided that they would even ask, like, you know, should we bring the Aaron or not? Once the, the Zakanian or whatever it was had decided, they just went to bring it. And Mashmoah says, therefore, they didn't ask more ID either. They decided this is the way to win the Aaron. And it wasn't, uh, they didn't, didn't take advice from Shmuel ID what they should do. Now, this is the second mistake. Uh, obviously very excited. or something's making it like chanting with their voices, and uh, it's uh, made a noise which reverberated around the Pishtim Heru too. Now the Pishtim knew that they had won the first day, so they couldn't understand what are Klayish was so excited about. So, so it says, Pishtim is What is happy about? And the aunts of the Yehudu, they found out. They heard that the reason the Klaish was so happy was that the Aaron Hashem had been brought to the to the battlefield. Now, this this wasn't the first war between the Jews and the Philistines. There have been many, many wars. I went through Sefer we saw wars between the Jews and the Philistines. And never before had the Aaron Hashem made its appearance in the battlefield. And therefore, the Philistines get scared. What's, what's, what's this new weapon? What's this new Kayach? By year of uh, being obviously they think the Aaron that means Hashem is there. In all the previous times we fought the Jewish people, we never found that they brought the Aaron Kodesh to battle. So what's this new thing that now they bring the Aaron Kodesh to battle? Who's going to save us from this tremendously powerful God? Um, which is a very strange thing to say, because it said this was the Elikim who was makkah the mitzrim with all the makkahs in the midbar. Well, Hashem wasn't makkah the mitzrim in the midbar; he's makkah the mitzrim in Mitzrayim. And therefore, the Mefarshim explained that you have to say two different things. This is the Elikim hamakim is a mitzrim b'chol makkah, and who looked after Klai Yisrael in the midbar. And that's the way the Targum explains it as well. That it's, uh, there's two different parts to what they were saying, and. Uh, like I said, as Oedah Be'erizara, they thought that the iron was Hashem, or the iron symbolized Hashem, because there wasn't an iron in Mitzrayim. The iron was only built much later. Uh, it's true, there was Hashem who, 
to punish the Kev Machus and Mitzvah Mitzrayim, but they don't just aren't, aren't in existence. But Fishtishtim, as always, they see, they, like over the Vedazara, give a certain, uh, see an object as being a symbol of a God, so they would have thought the Aron was a symbol of Russia. Now, so there we see the Aron had exactly the effect it was meant to have, which means it causes fear. We saw before at the beginning that the Naira is Lashon Aron, that the Aron instills fear in the hearts of one who has to be held it or has aware of it, and you see it made the Fishtim scare. They were by Europe but it didn't cause the Plishtim to turn and run. Exactly the opposite. The Plishtim felt now they have to try much harder. Never said Pasuk test. Stand strong. Fight like men. In other words, don't be scared. Lest the Jews are going to be victorious and they're going to make you work for them. Like until now, the Jews had been, so to speak, subservient to the Plishtim. You're going to stand up and you're going to fight. So as much as they were afraid of the iron, they didn't know what tremendous power to bring against them. Uh, what was kind of had hoped is that they would re- relinquish the battle and run away. They didn't. They were willing to you know, try harder, so to speak, to to make sure that they wouldn't they wouldn't get destroyed by the Jewish army. And if Vayinachem Plishtim, the Plishtim went to fight. And again, Vayinachem Yisrael, Kai Yisrael were once again defeated. And uh, possibly even because they were relying on the Aaron Akkadish, the miracles for them. And therefore they didn't expect to have to like, fight the battle, and therefore they were taken unawares by the fishly attack. And therefore the, the Jewish army fell apart. Which, as you know from the Gemara in Saitsa, that the worst thing that can happen to an army is when everyone just breaks ranks and runs. And you lose any form of control of, of what's happening. That's what happened. But here, Machna Gedoyin Ma'od, Ayipol Mi'Israel Shloshim Elef Rakim. Thirty thousand people got killed. So from the first day, four thousand people got killed. On the second day, it was more than seven times that. Thirty times, thirty thousand people got killed. And the other point was, uh, we we see the contrast between the Plishtim and the Jews. When, was, when the Arna Kodesh came to the battlefield, the Plishtim didn't run. They decided to stand in fact. Whereas when the Jews started to lose. Instead of thinking we have to protect the Aaron, they just they just drop their arms and raise time to protect themselves. And uh, again, it's not the the irony is intended. It's a, I shouldn't see it's like who's more who's more willing to fight against the Aaron or for the Aaron. And there was a second mistake that I made. And therefore the Aaron came the Okach, the Aaron got captured. There was no one to defend it. All the Jews had run. So two things later, were holding it. They both got killed the second time where it's, it, it, it says in a weird way Bnei Eli etc. Chafni Pinchas yeah the, and why does that say Bnei Eli or, or just don't even say the names we already know they are right, well, well, right why does it say first Mesa and then Chafni Pinchas it's true um, this is one more point first before that and that is we see a progression of of points at which Christ were meant to learn from and that is that already at the beginning uh, we said Klai Yisrael went to war against the Plishtim. That was the first mistake. Then Klai Yisrael brought the Aaron to war. That was the second mistake. Uh, we see here a concept which the Gemara talks about. And that is that uh, when Akkad's Prophet wants the person to be punished, Ki'ilu they walk into the punishment themselves. Just like it talks about the servants of, Shm- of Shlomo Melech, that the Malach of Avis wanted to kill them. So Shlomo Melech sent them to a distant city. And that's when they die. And the Malach Mavis told him, uh, a person's legs walking to where he's meant to die. 
We see the same idea here. That the way Hashem punishes Jewish people, they be, they be set it up for themselves. They decided to attack the Pishtim. They brought the Arun Kodesh to the battlefield. And that's how they got captured. And uh, we made it. They, they, they set up the Makkah for themselves. And uh, obviously the question is, and we'll talk about this next time, like why it was a specific really connected Midi here. What was the last, before we talk about Chafim uh, Yafinchas dying as the sons of Eli who deserve to die for what they did wrong in the Mishkan, but what was Kaleshwal's mistake? What was Kaleshwal's mistake? And why was the way the Kaleshwal got punished in a way where either they initiated their own punishment? They, did it, they, they caused it for themselves. And we see this in other places as well. It's a scary thing where we see a very similar comparison at the time of the Chorban, the first place in English. Because what happened was, Nebuchadnezzar came to Israel. Nebuchadnezzar conquered Eretz Yisrael. He annexed it as a vassal state of Babel. He deposed the king, Yechaniah, uh, and took him with him to Babel, and he installed the puppet regime of Tidkir. And then he left him alone, he went back to Babel again. And the Jewish people rebelled, and that's what brought him back to fight. Which means he was happy to leave them alone. He, as far as he was concerned, they had been conquered, and they were meant to just pay him his tribute and leave him and be a, no, a loyal vassal state. No, he was done with them. He had no union to destroy them. He had, so to speak, won the war already. It was because they rebelled against him, so they came back to crush the rebellion. And the same thing happened on the second base of Megdash. The same thing there also. The Romans would have left us alone, like Rabbi Yechon and Zachary wanted, make peace with them, uh, accept them as, uh, as, uh, no, as the overriding authority, send them what they want as a, in the form of taxes, and they'll leave you alone. What caused the Korban was what they called the Great Revolt, which means the Jews decided they're going to fight the Romans. Okay, so they went to France, and the Romans came to fight back, and at that time they destroyed everything. And so you see, every, every major Korban, the Korban of Shira, the Korban of the first base of Megdash, and the second base of Megdash, there was a certain element that clients all set it up for themselves. They were the ones who started the war, which led to their own defeat. And as I said, we have to understand what's the meaning of the Why is it? What's the reason there? In the next next we'll talk about what's the lesson we went to learn from that.